Welcome to the Benchwarmer Post, where I, your host, Anik Ahmed, will be going over the NBA world. Whether it's the playoffs, the tank-offs, trade deadlines, off-court drama, you name it, I cover it. Thank you guys for listening. Enjoy. So, I want to talk about the uh, Knicks press conference that they held today. It's not media day per se, but it's just one of the front office guys, the key people, talk about what the expectations are for the next season, expectations moving forward, and what they're really trying to work on this season. And as a Knicks fan, I can definitely say that I was extremely pleased about the direction of this front office and what they're taking the Knicks franchise from what they were before to what they are going to be in the future and what they're working on in the present. And the reason I say that is because it seems as though Scott Perry, Stephen Mills, and David Vitzdale, they're all on the same page. They're all on the same page, not even just like different pages within the books. I think they're all within the same page of the same book that's being written by the Knicks front office right now. And that book is called Growth, Development, Drafting, and no dumb moves. That's 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 what it is. It's like the four key chapters of what we're working on. And I think championship or free agency is like the last chapter of it. But let's uh, break it down. <clears throat> but what this means for Knicks fans is that we could be hopeful. We could be hopeful for a little bit and just in our little bit of miserable lives. That as Knicks fans, we expect something to go wrong. We expect James Dolan to come in. We expect something to go wrong but I believe that right now we could be cautiously optimistic mainly because of the fact that what we heard at the press conference wasn't was them denying the fact that we're gonna trade any of our picks young assets for a superstar as all you may have heard that Jimmy Butler wants to be a Nick. He wants to be in New York. He wants to go to a big market. He gave a list of teams, three teams, which is New York Knicks, Brooklyn Nets, and LA Clippers, which I think is the most favorable out of the bunch. Now, right when he said the Knicks, everyone hopped onto that bandwagon saying like, oh, what would the Knicks front office do? Are they going to trade away the future? Are they going to do the same thing that Melo did? That if they could get a guy in free agency, you know, but they're not going to wait. They give up young assets. Extremely similar to what we did with the Melo trade. And just mortgage their future away. Is that what the Knicks are going to do? Have they learned? And... Guys, I am proud to say that I think we're learning. I think we're actually getting off the stain that is the Mellow trade. And yes, Mellow was wasn't bad for like some quite some seasons and everything, but we can honestly say that it was an extremely bad trade because it led to eight years of Andre Barjani being a bust for us. Nonetheless, um what they really like emphasize in trade and a lot of beat reporters there I don't know who it might have been it may have been Tommy Beer who 
I believe is very unreliable. He's very clickbaity. He's like, he's, I guess you could say he's like the Skip Bayless of the Knicks in a way, but whoever it was, they kept on egging the question that they wouldn't, they didn't say in, they didn't say it directly. They said indirectly, but what it, what they were going for was that are you going to trade young assets as our picks, as our young players to create a package for all-star Jimmy Butler? And there would be a trade between Minnesota and New York Knicks. Now, the thing is, though, is that they destroyed any notion of what they want to do. They didn't say, oh, maybe, maybe not. They didn't leave it up to air. <clears throat> what they're going for is they're trying to build on player development. They're trying to draft right. They're, they did say, and I emphasize this, that when David Fitzdale was going in to interview for the job, he, job, he spoke with Stephen Mills and Scott Perry. And the first words is that they says that we will not tank. And that is true. Knicks are never going to be able to tank. It's just a massive square garden. It doesn't work like that like the Sixers. But what they are going to do is that they're going to unintentionally suck. What that, mean, what that means is that they have a lot of young players. They're all going to get playing time. They have some aging vets who are going to get some playing time. And with that combination, without Chris Porzingis, we are going to suck this year. And that, that's the plan moving forward. <clears throat> they're going to try to win games, but inevitably they're, they're, they may or may not win games. We might see ourselves back within the uh, top 10 lottery pick, which honestly like, I wouldn't be mad about considering we do get some talents within the top 10. Yes, the upcoming draft is more top 5 heavy than bottom, than bottom 10. And bottom 5. And it's interesting to note that that you you can't say you want to tank because otherwise you're going to be hit with fines by the NBA and you're you're just going to damage the brand. So it's smart that they said that like they're never going to tank. They're going to try to win games, but mainly their focus right now is player development. Now, as I mentioned, that they're going to destroy. They're destroying any notion that they're going to give away their young assets, their young players. And that includes draft picks as well. Many projects they had. That includes Emmanuel Moutier and Mario Izonia. Nonetheless, they're not going to do it. And reporters kept on egging them on, saying, like, oh, if there was a way to get, like, an all-star caliber player to pair up with Horzingis, would you guys do it? And they repeatedly said no. And one thing I really like about this Knicks front office is that According to what they said, they said that they were brutally honest with each other. That there can be no secrets, that they're very open with each other, and they got very comfortable. And with that being said, it seems as though they were backing up each other. Stephen Mills was backing up Scott Perry, Scott Perry was backing up David Fitzdale, and so on and so forth. And with all this information being relayed to us, the audience, the fans, Knicks fans, you could be a little bit more hopeful because what... They're not trying to hinder the the young players' development at all. Fitzdale said himself in this conference that he's not going to hand out starting spots. These guys, they have to earn their spots. And what really excites me is that, especially with Frank Nitalikina, I'm extremely high on him. I believe that his ceiling could be like a Drew Holiday-esque type of player. And, I, and Drew Holiday is one of my favorite players.
Um, what I'm saying is that David Fitzgerald said <laughs> he doesn't want to change Frank on to who he is. He's going to let Frank play, but the fundamental example is that Frank has been gaining a lot more confidence. Apparently, he's been wor- like working out a ton and was walking around shirtless. And that exudes confidence, so he thinks he's a little like big right now. And according to David Fitzdale, is that he's not going to change Frank. He is definitely not going to change Frank Natilakino. He's going to see what works and what doesn't work, and they're going to help him along the way because he's already an elite defender, as what David Fitzdale has said. So, I believe that like letting Frank work it out on on his own, and if you see like the pictures and the photos of how he's bulked up. I think we we Knicks fans can be excited for what Frank Natilakina can do. He's not going to be the same old uh, 18 year old, 20 19 year old kid. He's going to be 20 years old now, and he's still a kid, but he's going to be learning, and there's going to be a lot of mistakes. I firmly believe that Frank Natilakina is going to be our point guard for the future. There's no doubt in my mind. Now, regarding the other young guys. Fizzo did say that, you know, he's letting Kevin Knox, who was in like a year at Kentucky, same place as Devin Booker, by the way, he's going to let Kevin Knox mentor Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson was the uh, second round pick. He was like, what, the the 36th pick, the 29th? I'm sorry, I don't remember, but Mitchell Robinson played exceptionally at Summer League. He showed that he could have athletic hops. He could block. He's honestly quick on his feet, and that's what we need in a center. Long, athletic, quick guys. <clears throat> now, thing about Mitchell Robson, I did an article about the Knicks draft picks, is that he didn't play a year of college. And I guess you could say that says immaturity, but that's why David Fitzgerald is kind of letting Kevin Knox mentor Mitchell Robinson in that how to handle media. How to add, he hasn't played like professional ball in a year, so Kevin Knox is helping out with that fact. And basically, I'm excited to see like where Mitchell Robinson's development goes. Is it going to be more towards the G League, or is he gonna is he gonna bounce back to NBA games and then G League? And I'm like I'm extremely excited. Now I'm excited for Kevin Knox. You know, this guy he has unlimited potential. A lot of people are seeing it now. After they even saw the Summer League videos that this kid, he should have gone a lot higher than he should have. He should not have been the ninth pick. He was sleeping all over the draft because, you know, it's very top-heavy. And I completely, completely understand it. But the fact that this kid has a nice shooting stroke, the fact that this kid um, can finish at the rim, he... He, I mean, he can't. I mean, he could create his own shot, but not as well as like other players. But he, he's long and athletic. He has KDS type of scoring, so he could he could honestly get buckets from anywhere. As you can tell from the summer league highlights, he can dunk on people. He can. He has a very quick, um, I guess, sprint, and people say it's like Giannis like. People have mentioned that, like, he does look like a cross between Russell Westbrook and Giannis. Not just in his games and his looks, but it's just promising. This kid makes long strides, but he doesn't even take that many steps. And that's the crazy part, is that the Knicks grabbed this kid at the ninth spot. A kid that can shoot threes, 
a kid that could like be athletic enough to like finish at the rim. Um, he he's very like he has a hustle, like he has a good motor, honestly. And I'm thoroughly excited about Kevin Knox because it seems as though we may have gotten a star, or at least a potential star. I think my vote is that he's gonna be in all rookie first team this year. That that's my like guess. But really I was encouraged about what he said, you know, he's gonna let the young guys play. They're gonna get minutes. So it seems as though like the front office understands that we need young guys to develop, to come into their own, to really prove that they are New York Knicks. And that's what this season is all about. And what really, like, I guess, like, struck a chord with me is that, like, how synchronized Scott Perry, Stephen Mills, and David Fitzdale were at the press conference. You know, um, when I mentioned that, like, reporters trying to egg them on saying, okay, are you guys going to do it? Like, you know, are you guys going to trade for Jimmy Butler or anyone else and whatnot? And what they said was that they... They were not honestly like looking into the future. They they said they will not trade any of their future draft picks. They will not trade any young assets. They will not do any of those because they've learned from the Carmelo Anthony trade that like it mortgaged the Knicks' future. Now these reporters they just want something to write about, and I completely completely understand that. But it was gonna be some BS clickbaity stuff. F that, really, that's, that's all I could really say, you know, um, and one thing that really did shock me is that someone asked, like, what's, uh, James Dolan's, like, whole, um, role into this organization now, because in the, in the past years, like, James Dolan has been the main factor as to why the Knicks could never be good as they should be, well, I'm here to tell you guys that he apparently is taking a hands-off approach, because, he likes the fact that the way the Rockets, I mean the Rangers, I said Rockets, the Rangers, the New York Rangers hockey team took the approach and that like, oh, James Dolan, take take your hands out of here, we'll, we'll manage it. And it worked out for them. It truly did. If he's hit, and apparently according to Scott Perry, he's taking the exact same role now as long as he gets updates on what they should do. That's it. Now, with that type of involvement, I think the Knicks can be back. You know, we actually have, like, our heads out, like, their heads out of, like, the ground. We we actually have a competent front office, possibly. And I think that's the thing that excites me the most. You know, with the Phil Jackson area, it was just, it was just so much drama. It was just so, it was, it wasn't, it didn't feel like we were, like, cohesive or, you know, unified as Knicks fans. With this, like, three guys at the helm, you know, they say that they're brutally, brutally honest with each other, and if one of them doesn't like it, they'll always talk about it. And I firmly do believe that now. I was unsure at first, but now I firmly do believe it. And really what I'm trying to say is that the Knicks, I think they've learned from past mistakes, and really we're trying to not make the same mistakes, and really just go at it like Golden State Warriors. As in, but they kept on mentioning developing through the draft. We're we're not gonna develop like we're not going to like try to get like an aging all star or 
you know, rudimentary, like, set pieces, like, you know, like J.R. Smith, who did win six man a year, but, you know, and then pull up guys from G League for, like, no reason, like Chris Copeland and whatnot. We we're one the we're trying to actually build through the draft, acquire good talent and develop these guys and making them Knicks like for a good number of years. This is exactly the way that Golden State has done it. And I believe that we're copying that model and I'm so thankful to say that it's it actually might be working just a little bit. It might be too early to tell, but the way that I see these young guys that who are all 17 guys, you know, we, I think we have one of the youngest rosters now. A couple of years ago, we had one of the oldest. We have one of the oldest rosters, and really, to think that, like, we have so many of these young guys who are coming into this season, and they have something to prove that they do belong on the NBA. And for some guys, like I said, Emmanuel Moutier, Mario Hizonia, these guys, they've been in the NBA for long enough, and they should have made strides. So I think this is a prove it, this is a make it or break it type of like situation for those guys. So those guys are gonna hustle their butts off, and actually come at the NBA's throat, and show that like I belong here, I can play. Let me get minutes. Let me be a part of this. And it's great that we're doing this. It's like I'm honestly I'm a little like. I'm a little shocked that it's actually going so well that I expect something to go wrong, and I think that's how all Knicks fans feel. Um, regardless, one thing they also did touch on is the Joaquin Noah situation, and apparently they're in constant communication with Joaquin Noah's agent, and I don't believe that they're expecting him to be there by training camp, because that's when the roster is set. Well, usually it's set. And they have 17 guys playing playing with each other all the time. And really, what their whole, I guess, mantra right now with the Joakim Noah thing is that they're trying to figure out a solution. And I believe that he's going to be bought out or he's going to be stretched. One or two options. He's not going to be with the Knicks for long. And I think it's, what, like two weeks till training camp starts. So, you know, um, let's hope he, like, leaves... Leaves the Knicks by that, and the Minnesota takes it. But really, the fact that like they're in constant communication, that like they're trying to work something out, they answered it very straightforward. Um, I'm happy about. And I did mention like Phil Jackson's like whole um, organization. They did say that Kristaps Porzingis is back from Latvia. He he's um. He's going to be the cornerstone of the franchise. He's never left like behind in communication. He's always talking to the front office, asking like what to do, and he's not going to be felt feeling left out. That hints into the discontent that was with the Phil Jackson area, where it's like, why didn't Chris Asperzing is like not show up to the exit meeting, and why is all this drama happening? Why is Phil Jackson wanting to trade, like, going to be traded to Celtics or whatnot for, like, a pick or what, and it just wasn't right. So, the fact that they're all in, like, all there together, saying that Chris Saps-Porzingis is going to be this guy, the cornerstone of the franchise, I'm extremely happy about, (laughs) and then Chris Saps-Porzingis is happy about it, 
and I think we could all say, like, as Knicks fans, that we're back, you know. We're actually going to be a serious team for a good number of years. Gone are the days of making dumb trades for aging superstars or, you know, uh, guys that don't have that much of an upside and not developing in a draft. Those days are gone. We're keeping all of our picks. We're going to do the best we can, but if not, we have a top 10 pick. We can develop talent, and they did a whole lot of restructuring with, like, their entire player staff. Well, player development staff. Skills coaches, shooting coaches, um, conditioning coaches, all that. They did a complete overhaul, and I can safely say that I'm happy about where this franchise is going. I'm proud to be a Knicks fan. Because I like the way this franchise is going. Um, regardless, I I think that a lot of people are going to be sleeping on the Knicks, and they did mention that um, the front, like our cap space is going to be two max cap uh max slots that we could sign in twenty nineteen. Uh, basically, I personally think that. They're just going to take a wait-and-see approach because that's what they did mention within the conference, that they're not worried about the future right now. They're worried about the now. And it's a good approach to take it. So in case like Kyrie or Kevin Durant shows up to New York, we have space, and they're aware of that, but they're not going to focus on it right now. They want to see how this season develops first. And I think that's a great way to take it. That's a great way to <clears throat> to really, like, Show what type of plans they have for this season. What kind of expectation that we should expect as fans. So, all in all, this this press conference was 10 out of 10. We heard everything we heard. And they were, they were not budging from like the position. That we are not trading any young assets. We are not trading any picks. We're going to develop through the draft. We're going to see how these young guys play. We're going to see what we have. And they're very optimistic. They like they really are. So, with all that being said, I'm happy as an fan. I'm extremely happy. Um. But yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be sleeping on the Knicks. I think a lot of people do have their eyes set on Kevin Knox now, and even Mitchell Robinson to a degree. That like, oh wow, the Knicks picked up these guys. These guys might be sleepers in the draft. So, oh man, are Knicks going to be good again? Because the Knicks are good for basketball. NBA is always good. And historically, the Knicks are the first NBA team to ever play a game. So, they, kind of, they stretch a chord with basketball fans within their hearts. And the fact that the Knicks that could be good, that these kids are going to bring back the New York Knicks back to New York and the basketball world, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time this year. We're going to suck, but it's going to be interesting to see who develops the most. And I'm really excited for Frank Natilakina. I'm extremely high on that guy, extremely high on Kevin Knox. Uh, I am high on uh, Mitchell Robinson. I think Mario Hazonia is going to have a breakout season. Emmanuel Moutier, we have to see, you know. I'm a little unsure on him. And uh, who else? Well, I mean, Ennis Cantor's on the roster, but I think he could be a good leader to our kids. And Tim Hardaway Jr. is also going to be a very good leader as well. He's 
I hope that Tim Hardaway Jr. is more consistent. That's my goal for him. So, yeah, you know, I'm happy. I'm a happy camper. And I think all Knicks fans should be. If you're one of those Knicks fans that thinks we should trade for Jimmy Butler or even trade Chris Asperzingis for Carl Anthony Towns for some reason, yes, I've encountered one person that said that. Look yourself in the mirror and ask, no, stop it, what am I doing? You know that gif, but basically, looking forward to the future, guys, um, and yeah, I'm happy. Go Knicks. Just want to say thank you to everyone who has been listening. I know I have to be a little bit more consistent, but it'll get there. It'll take some time. But if you would like to support me even more, follow me on Twitter at the Bench Warmer Post. Follow me on Instagram at the Bench Warmer Post. I will put up more content. I'm very active on Twitter. And if anyone wants to be on the podcast, just send me a DM, send me a private message, and you know, share the podcast episodes through Spotify, iTunes, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that jazz. Um, but thank you all for listening and get back to you guys soon. Peace out.